Welcome to another episode, episode number three of the Bulldog Broadcast on the Field of 68 Network. I'm your host, Dan Dickow, with one of my favorite crews in the entire world, our Gonzaga Regional Broadcast crew with KHQ and Root Sports here on the West Coast. We're bringing you the season preview. We're going to talk about past stories, experiences, how long it takes Greg Heister, yes, Greg Heister, to get his hair done before the camera rolls, and just how many times our producer, Chauncey Jones, has to get us on track and in line before we get going, before each broadcast, and none (laughs) other than my fellow color analyst, Richard Fox, always breaking it down from the big man's perspective. So... Let's get right to it. We got Richard Fox, we got Greg Heister, and Chauncey Jones. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Daniel, but I'm not sure I want to stay here because you said this is one of your favorite. Come on. Groups. Yeah, what, what was yeah. that? Yeah, yeah like, what, are you serious? Are you and serious for that? Too. Right off the bat. Yeah. Like, who, Come on, who else is on the list? I mean, it's yeah. going to be a list of one. Well, yeah, you know, I will go so far as I'll, I'll share this quick story with you. So, this is a Gonzaga-based podcast, right? And so first host, or excuse me, first guest, Adam Morrison, it went really well. The second one was a, a couple Gonzaga recruits, Ben Gregg, Caden Perry. A little shorter uh, on the time frame, couldn't really get them to open up, as you kind of expect with young guys. My third invite, and you guys, were, are, you guys will always be an open invite. The third invite, and Richard, I know you'll, you'll appreciate this one. I sent a message to Blake Step. Blake, hey, can you join join my podcast sometime? I'd love to have you. I would like you know people to hear some of your experiences, your stories. No answer. Silence for like a week, right? So I text Blake back. Hey, I've got a lot of people asking uh, with this new podcast, Blake. They want to have you as a guest. They want to hear some of your stories. His response: I don't do podcasts. I'm not much of a podcast guy. That was it. That that was the response right there. God, I should have called Blake. I could have gotten out of this. Uh, you're, not a, <laughs> you're not a podcast guy, Greg? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dano, you know, anything that we could do with our guy, Dan Dickow. Let me ask you a question. So the photo in the background, is that Photoshopped? No, that's real. About that one right there? <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's rookie year. Rookie um, year. Quick, quick side note on that one before I get to ask the questions, Greg, because uh, I don't like you taking taking charge. Uh, rookie year, we're playing the Bullets, and um, it, this is the third time we played the Bullets. My rookie year, MJ's last year in the, the NBA. I made sure to go to the Hawks photographer before the game, and I said, hey, if I'm in the game with MJ at the same time, I'm going to walk over by him at a dead ball. You have got to get a set up with me next to MJ. So he got it. That's great. We had the file for years. My wife blew it up on a canvas, and that is actually signed by Michael Jordan, a good friend of All mine. Right. His dad, um, his dad worked in Michael Jordan fantasy camp for a number of years. Took it down for me. Had it signed. Took it out of a box. Handed it to Michael Jordan. And Jordan looked at it like, what in the heck is this? Like, who's that? (laughs) Right here. My MJ signed it really quick, you know, and got the upper deck authentication on it. Yeah. Buddy's brought it back to me. It's a pretty cool story. It is cool. That That is very cool, man. I'm giving you a hard time, but it's cool. Absolutely. Well, 
I got, I'm going to start with you, Greg. You've covered Gonzaga for probably longer than, than anybody else in the Spokane area. Who's been your favorite interview of all time? Oh, well, I mean, Roney was. He was fantastic. Rob Sacre was fantastic. Mo was actually a really great guy to, to interview. You know, I, I really dig uh, talking to Corey Kispert. I think that he's matured so much. So he, he gives you really good stuff these days. There's been so many of them. I mean, just so many of them. But, you know, I, I would have to say uh, Roni because he was just always so full of life and energy and was robust, you know. And uh, But there's been so many now over the years, Dan. It's, it's kind of a, a tough one, but. I'd probably have to say Roni. And you guys know what he was like. We all know what he was like. Like the life of the party, right? Uh, it, was a, it was a ball of energy for sure. And, and Richard, you and I were roommates my senior year, your redshirt year, and, and yeah. Roni was a freshman that year. Do you have any memorable stories about Roni Turiao? Like broadcast stories? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'd echo what Greg's talking about. I mean, he was definitely a guy. He'd walk in a room, he would elevate the energy immediately. Um, I mean, he was certainly, you know, he'd have his down moments too. He was just a real emotional guy. But when he was, when he was right, when he was up, he was as good as, as GU's had on the front court. What is so funny? I'm ju- I just started my answer. You, are you wanting me to rap already, Chauncey? No, I just uh, want you to get to, just, just give a Foxy experience answer. You can be you now. Tell us something. <laughs> That you have the insight. I remember my sophomore year or my second Thank year, you. his sophomore year, Roni kind of blew up the hair. He blew out the hair, so that that big fro. And I'm I'm, I'm guarding him in practice. I don't know. He, I'm not sure he washed it every day. And um, he's posting up against me, and he's flailing. You know, he thinks I'm fouling him, and he kind of you know kicks his head back, and I get a mouthful of his hair in my mouth. And I, I remember uh, gagging on the floor <laughs> as, we're, as we're playing. Because it, it's like two and a half hours in the practice. This is when Mark used to run three and a half hour practices, you know. And uh, I just, I'll never forget. It was just so gross. I mean, so that's, I mean, that's, it's not Roni's fault per se. But you know how he, he used to like over-exaggerate the contact and he would flail his body around and, I just all I saw was blackness. You know, it was a full fro on my face, my mouth's open. It was uh, so. I'm not sure if that's the story you're looking for, but there we go. Yeah. Uh, that that great. is great. That that's the inside scoop that we're trying to bring with this podcast. That's <laughs> okay. yes, terrific. Now, Chauncey, you're you're somebody who has a unique and different perspective with the Gonzaga program for a number of reasons. You've you've been on the inside part because you're part of the production crew. What have you seen with the evolution of this program in the time that you started working with KHQ Root until now? Well, I think um, the expectations. And now, come on now, we're talking about a team who's ranked number one now, right? Where early on it was, hey, man, just get to the dance. And it was Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinderella every year. But now with those expectations, and then, you know, we can just keep it real about the caliber of player that they're getting now. Um, there was always a question early, hey, what happens if and when they start going away from not that being a zag wasn't, you know, didn't require you to have all this talent, but there was something about it. You're always going to be diving on the on the ground and, and it's just something about the zag way. 
But now you got the guys who are talented, super talented, elite, and then also going about it with the zag weight, combining those two things and seeing that growth with the expectations now, that's been something that's, that's been amazing to be a part of. Richard, you've uh, you've seen two different basketball programs. You started your career at Colorado yeah. before coming over um, to Gonzaga. So Colorado is in the Big 12, a really good league, one of the top five leagues in the country, year in, year out. You're at Gonzaga when they're beginning to continue to make that climb. Now you're seeing Gonzaga at the peak. What separates or is there anything that separates Gonzaga now from some of those maybe really good Big 12 teams such as a Kansas when you were in the Big 12? Well, I mean, I think that's a, kind of hard to answer just because I think the game has changed so much. Um, you know, when I was in the Big 12, it was the, the league was enormous. Um, I mean, Texas had, you know, Chris Mim, Gabe Manecki, a couple other guys. Kansas was Chenoweth, who you probably know, Collison, um, Gooden. I mean, across the board, everybody was just, just – I think college basketball at that time, a lot like the game generally really valued size up front. Um, and I think the game is, you know, the front court is where I think the game has changed the most. You know, not only has that position become more athletic, but it's also become more skilled and you've got to be a lot more versatile on both ends of the floor. You've got to be able to stretch guys offensively. You've got to be able to guard, move your feet. I mean, I, I was never able to guard anybody on the perimeter now, it's like a prerequisite. I mean, you've got to be able to switch on ball screens. So, you know, I, I think I think Gonzaga is just – I think they were probably ahead of the curve a little bit when it comes to, the, you know, where the game was going. I mean, I think even from an early stage, Mark liked the three-point shot. They tried to play fast. Um, so I'm not sure I can answer that question I mean, directly. There were some great teams in the Big 12 at the time that would certainly do very well right now. But the game is just so different. I would agree with your comment about the game being different. And, yes, Gonzaga, to me, it has been ahead of the curve with that European, you know, influence ball screen continuity that they run. It's been, it's been fun to see. Now, Greg, I'm sure we all get this question when we go out and about in public. And they always ask, what is up with Greg Heister's hair? Now, you just spent five hours driving to be able to make this zoom zoom call. And I appreciate the time and effort. Yeah. Um, we all do, but what is the secret sauce behind your hair? Cause I get that question over and over. Oh, that it's just genetics. Really. I can't take like, you know, they think it's fake. It's not fake. It's just, it's just my hair, man. It's no, and going back to the pictures on the wall, or the one right behind the TV, is that Dan Dickow against Wyoming? Yes. What is that no. picture doing on the wall? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was, a, that was a clunker of a game if I could ever uh, think. That one ought to be in the garage then. <laughs> Probably hey, but, true. But it's a, it's a great teachable moment, right? When you come in and you show that to Luke, like, hey, this is, this is adversity. Here's how this happened. From there to there, how it started to how it finished type thing. That that's good that you have that up. No, absolutely, I agree with that, Chauncey. So you got to, as an athlete, and then becoming as a parent or a coach. You know, there's an evolution uh, that you want to share with kids in athletics of, of how to improve and how to get better and overcome obstacles. Greg, I want to stay on the topic of broadcasting though. You started with Gonzaga Radio, calling mm -hmm. the games, and then you've shifted to TV. Do you did? Do you prefer one or the other, knowing that you've done both? Um, I prefer television because more people watch TV. You know, um, 
but but obviously, I mean, <clears throat> the art of what we do is kind of displayed better in radio. That very first year was a simulcast, so I actually did all the games on radio and then whatever games we had in the local package on television, I also simulcasted on, on television. And it was difficult because the road games, the home games, I always had a color guy. But when I was on the road, uh, it would just be me. So, for instance, you know, the, the game at St. Joe's where you hit the shot, like I had no color guy. So it was just me screaming bloody murder for – for those two hours as it was uh, every game. So like, and I'm sorry, I'm eating my lunch. I haven't eaten all day. So this was, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't oh, good. eating in front of people is kind of weird. I realized, but you know, that's, uh, but uh, the whole thing has evolved, you know? And so I love television because um, it does give us more time to be us, you know, on, on radio, you're so busy uh, painting the picture. And you're so much about describing the action, it's a little more difficult to get personality in you. And so, one of my favorite things of, about doing games is that I get to interact on live television with whoever I'm sitting there with. And during Gonzaga, of course, it's you, you and Richard, and and Chauncey's in our ear. And so, I love that aspect of it just as much as you know getting to paint the picture and and be there courtside. You know, we're, we're, we're ordained really with just a tremendous opportunity and honor to be in those chairs courtside uh, with this basketball program that means so much to this community these days that um, it's, you know, it's like an event. I don't care who they're playing. Like, we show up for those games. It's like an event. And so, uh, you know, the peacock comes out of everybody, right, the colors, and, and we just want to go out there and have a, a good time. And so that's what I try to do is just – it's just uh, kind of display to people that, you know, I'm honored to be in this chair. And for these two hours, I'm going to have a blast with, with my buddies. And, and I think we carry that off most games. Yeah, I would agree. I, I know for myself, I enjoy working with you. I know Richard, I enjoy working with him. I, I'm, I know he enjoys working with you as well. But, Richard, you also had experience on the radio side before yeah. we both got involved on the TV side. So you had a chance to travel with the team uh, while you were doing the radio, what was your relationship like, or what was the difference in how you, uh, I guess, had a player coach relationship with Coach Few to now a media member coach right. relationship? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think when you're when you're the radio crew and you're there every game, you know, they stay typically in the same hotel. Um, Huddy at least will go to the, to the team meal to, to record a couple interviews. Um, I certainly had much closer relationships with the players that when I did the radio, just because you were with them all the time. Um, you know, I, I, for a couple of different reasons, I think that just isn't the case for me anyway. Now, one is we don't do the number of games, um, and there's I think the the the, the program is a little different now. They've got those guys a little bit more insulated than maybe they did 10, 12, 15 years ago. But also, I, I remember when I was doing the radio, a quick story. I think Gonzaga lose, lost to Tennessee, somebody like that in the battle in Seattle. And Pargo and Ravio were just terrible down the stretch. It's been like seven turnovers in the last eight minutes. You know, and I was still close enough to having played where I hadn't really crossed that line from being a former player um, and having that kind of emotional connection to kind of just graduating from that place and looking at it from a – from just a professional perspective and being a little bit more distant. 
from the success of the program, you know, on a game to game basis. And I kind of went off on the, on the radio. Like I just talked about, you, you're not going to win any important games if you're too lead ball. I mean, like to the point where I was doing the games with Huddy and he kind of looked at me while I was doing it. Like <laughs> you have crossed whatever line we weren't supposed to cross. And so then we, he takes us to break and we go, you know, we're talking during the break and I go, was that too, was that too much? He goes, yeah, you might want to clean that up a little bit. I mean, like, and not like backtrack, but, and so we come back and I, I'm like, well, look, these guys are great players, you know, whatever. And they fast forward after Christmas and they come back and they lose to Portland state. Greg called that game. And uh, maybe they lost to Connecticut. It doesn't matter, but I'm in, I go at the time I was still thinking I'd play. It was a couple years out. So I'm, I'm still, you know, mooching off the program as much as I can, using the facilities, using the locker room, eating the, eating the, eating the, the meals with the team, like free food, I'm there. <laughs> so I go to eat, you know, with, with the guys after I work out and they practice and Mark's in there and I'm walking out with him and we have to walk the long way to get my stuff out of their locker room. Yeah. And he makes a comment to me, which has always sat with me. He goes, you know, I don't mind Jay Billis when he gets on our guys, but he's not eating team meals. <laughs> <laughs> it's sunk in, didn't it? Yeah. yeah and he was a hundred percent right. Yeah. You know, you can't be, you can't be in both places. You can't, you know, be in the program in that way and then get on TV or radio and, and, and do your job. And so I think ever since then, you know, I have, I've kept it a little bit more arm's length, but, you know, to Chauncey's point earlier, I still think they're recruiting really high character kids, even though that talent level has gone up quite a bit since when we were even there, Dan. Um, I mean, they still have great kids, but I certainly don't, you know, deliberately and just kind of the way it is now. I, I don't, I don't have the same connection to guys as I did when I was doing the radio. I mean, I'm not around them every day. I'm around them 12 to 15 times, maybe 20 times a year. Yeah, it's a tremendous story about Coach View's comments. I, I remember a few years yeah. back, the three of us did a game at Santa Clara. And my approach has always been, I'm going to try to call the game as down the middle as I can. And I've had people here in Spokane complain to me that, you know, I don't like Gonzaga. Um, but I just call it, try to call it straight down the lane because I want that to, to lead to other opportunities with other networks. And, and it has to a certain extent. But I remember after this Santa Clara game, I ran into Coach Few uh, at shoot-around or something a week or so later, and he just gave me – he just stopped in the middle of something, a drill. And you guys have all seen this, this look that he does. He stops in the middle of the drill, looks at you, connects eyes, and then he saunters over nice and slowly, and then he just kind of goes, well – I guess you really don't like Gonzaga anymore. You're pulling for Santa Clara the other night. Why don't you go call their games? <laughs> I was like, okay, geez, thanks, Coach. I, and I, I tried to, you know, soften it by, hey, I'm, I'm calling it down the middle. I didn't say anything wrong one way or the other. But, Chauncey, you have a, a, an interesting role to play with our broadcast and the fact that you have to tell the stories through graphics and you have to tell the stories by trying to prep us as best you can, even though a lot of times we just kind of go off on tangent, tangents. What type of prep work do you have for each game? Um, no, that's a great question. So we obviously connect. I always wanted to, to make sure we're on the same page when it comes to prepping for a game. Um, but as for me, we look for storylines, right? And as we always say, there's two teams there. No matter what type of game we get, there's going to be two teams. And we know the Zags in and out. 
we have the ability to go to their practices at times and shoot around. Um, what a lot of people behind the scenes don't understand or the fans that are watching is sometimes teams, because we are a bulldog production or a Zags production, a lot of times we don't get the access to teams even when they're in town, right, which makes it tougher for you guys. So we got to find the stories and do the stories. We got great people here that, that do things. The slipper still fits. And I know Steve Carr, got to give a big shout out to him because he's so involved and is always producing these stories. I was looking at one today that helps. And you look for the stories of the growth and things that you don't want to miss. Like we have to know the Zag stuff inside and out. And every once in a while, something slips. We got to check each other. Like we didn't know that that was the 12 straight. Get, you know what I mean? That's we're supposed to know that, right? We got to know those things. But then there's also two stories. And you're right. You, you want to be able, you should be able to criticize, right? And be fair. Um, and I think that that's, that's something every, it, before you two, when it was Elo and before Elo, when it was Brownie, um, they've all had that same conversation with Fuey with, come on guys, you've been a little too harsh or you, you, do you think you know this? You're not into practices and all that. Sometimes it's, you know, there's a little bit to that. You don't want to go overboard. Like Fossey said, where you got to, okay, let me reel it in a little bit, but you got to be able to be, you know, be truthful, right? Because otherwise, I mean, these, 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 they've been hearing since they were seven that they were great at everything and don't make mistakes, right? So we got to be able to tell the stories. And then sometimes the biggest thing is some of the things that connect from other teams, right? If they have a, a, a player coming in that was, you know, there's, there's all these backstories that we can, we can do. And it does get challenging when it's a 40-point game, a 50-point game, but then we have to, hey, that's what you guys are talking about when you go off on something. Let's reel it back in. Let's talk about the top 10 or, or you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about the upcoming schedule. Hey, they're, they're going to play St. Mary's next. Let's, Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, we're going to get into a little bit of preview stuff and, and talk about favorite Zags of all time with, with different attributes and characteristics. But I got a quick question for each of you really quick. And, uh, Richard, I'll start with you. You, uh, you were at Gonzaga when there was the prime time of a lot of really good poker players that happened yeah, yeah. to – play basketball at Gonzaga, and some of them went on to play a little bit of uh, professional poker. Who's the best poker player in Gonzaga basketball history? Dang. Uh, it's got to be Downton, doesn't it? I, I, yeah, I mean, he's pretty darn good. I, he's the only guy I know that I think he's, you know, made a living doing it. So I, I'd probably vote for him. Greg, we know that your Twitter handle, your Instagram, it's seasons on the fly. So you, you've missed games to go fishing. And I know, I know, uh, I know the metaphor. You teach a man to fish, he'll he'll he'll, he'll he'll be able to eat for a lifetime. You've, I can imagine, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm, I can imagine that you've gone fishing with Coach Few before. Is he as good a fisherman as you? And how would you stack the skills up? <laughs> I've uh, I've been asked this question a few times, and and I think it's always a consistent response. It depends on who you ask. Right. If you ask, answering the question. If you ask him, he'll tell you that he's a better fisherman, and uh, I'm totally good with it. The one thing I will say is that he's the most competitive fisherman I've ever been around, and he. Uh, How do you compete in fishing? Well, no, he does. No, trust me, he's a numbers guy, and we laugh about it all the time because you know he's a guy that is very involved in his church, and he's a spiritual guy, right? And and uh, all of that is so extreme really, really important to him. And we'll be out in the most beautiful place that God could create, you know, steeple peaks and 
snow caps and river rushing down and and it could be tough fishing and i'll just be in my glory looking around like what an absolutely beautiful day and he'll be miserable because he's not catching fish like he's a hundred percent about catching fish he could go to the most beautiful place in the world and if he's not catching fish he won't be happy you could you could send him to a gravel pit that's got a big hole of water with water and fish in it. And if he's catching fish, he's the happiest guy on the planet. So he'll always try to outfish you. And uh, he is the most competitive guy. And so it always cracks me up when these national publications and, you know, the national guys have attached to this. Well, he's this fly fisherman guy and he loves to be out in nature and connect to a spiritual world. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, he's out there beating the water. Like this is about this is about beating Randy Bennett and St. Mary's again. Like he's just beating the water and and uh you know I'll sit down and and have a sandwich, take a break, maybe even catch a little snooze on the riverbank and 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 he'll he'll never quit. Like We'll go to a beautiful lodge, great food, and, and he's like, I, I didn't come here to eat. I came here to fish. So he's the most competitive human being, I think, that I've been around. And, look, I think it, that's why he's so good at – you guys know that. Like, he's the yeah. guy that believed 25 years ago that Gonzaga could get to a final field. He believed that that long ago when everybody else was saying, look, you got, you've had success. Go. Go. You can't get it done there. And he always knew. And it's because he's so doggone competitive. Yeah, that's tremendous. I, 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 can, I can picture that right now. You guys have never uh, invited me fishing, so thanks for that. But uh, Chauncey, Have you ever been outside? All the time. It's called the golf course or my backyard. <laughs> yeah, basketball. There, you there you go. Chauncey, you, you're a guy that every time we have a pre-production meeting, you come out of the truck, you sit with us, you've got style for days. The young kids now call it drip. Who's had the best drip from Gonzaga basketball players in recent memory? Oh. Ooh. So the squad, when they came in together, you got to remember because it was Nigel. Jeremy Jones. Um, and Jeremy. They came in. They changed the game. First of all, so <laughs> we talked about the change of culture, not only for the international players that came. We can just keep it real. A lot more brothers on the team, Zach, than what it was in them early nights. Y'all can't say it. I can say it. So they came in and then they brought it. I mean, with the bow ties and the pants, you're like, whoa, those look like high waters. No, those aren't high waters. That's the way that you style me and you show the legs. So those two, it, it's going to be hard to ever beat that the way that they came in and styled it. Every, because remember, they were, they were out that year. So they, they brought it every, every single game on the bench. They came clean. Yeah. 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 All right. Enough, enough of the, 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 the softball questions. We're going to go to Richard now. What do you see out of this team after us having covered craziness in the kennel a week or so ago? I have to answer this first. Yes. Um, you know, they're young, you know, outside of Kispert and Ayayi, they just don't. I mean, I know Timmy got a lot of burn last year, but the reality is they got three guys who played any kind of meaningful minutes last year. I'm not going to include – Anton on that list, just because he played 15 games and for the bulk of them, he was hurt. So he wasn't able to be quite as effective as he would have liked. Um, you got to forgive me. I'm in my house. Someone just rang a doorbell. So my kids and dogs are going to probably freak out. Um, they got a lot of talent. They're really big on the perimeter, which I like. 
they're just they're just young, as talented as Suggs is. You know, I think what's hard as a young guard, and Dan, you can speak to this better than I can, but you know, this is not you're not stepping. This is not a, a simple offense and a simple program. There's a lot to to kind of digest, and you need to play in order to apply what it is you know Coach Few's trying to teach you and what the system is. And it's just it's hard for me to envision any kind of rhythm this year when it comes to games. Uh, until you get to conference and hopefully things are a little bit better on the ground and maybe you can get into more of a routine uh, week to week. You know, I have some concerns about their ability to rebound the ball, to protect the rim. You know, what happens if Timmy, you know, either gets in foul trouble or has a minor injury for some period of time, you know, as talented as Balo is, you know, he's not ready, I don't think, for, you know, for 25, 30 minutes a game. And, and I, I really like components of Anton's game, but He's not a guy I want to play through necessarily. So, you know, I'll wrap here. But my point is, you know, I, I got some questions. I mean, they certainly have top top line talent. Uh, I'll be interested to see how it comes together. Greg, you've seen a lot of really good players. You mentioned starting on the radio side years ago with the simulcast, the TV. You've covered them since before Richard and I were in the broadcast booth. How does this team stack up to some of the other ones that, that you have felt have been really good? Well, again, listening to what Richard just said, <clears throat> I try not to, like, look at the moment. I try to project forward to the month of March. And, yeah, I think this team is young, and maybe they're, they're thin at the four and the five. But I see a six-guard rotation – that they've never had anything that's going to come close to that thing. And although there's pieces in there that are going to be young, by the time they get to March, they're not going to be young. So I'm really high on this team. As you guys might indicate, I'm sure you'll laugh at me, as I think most of the teams that have been around over the years at Gonzaga. <laughs> Oh, this is the greatest Gonzaga team I've ever yep. seen. That's the thing, man. It's like every team is – I mean, how many, how many NBA number one draft picks are on this roster? Four. <laughs> can you fill some backstory to that, Greg? Or yeah. Something? So, look, look, we can be a half glass, uh, half full, or half empty guy. Like, you know, whatever we want. I, I think, uh, you know, again, the game of basketball has changed. We're like positions are kind of blurred now. Right, and we've seen a lot of programs get deep in the NCAA tournament with four, and it, you know, didn't Villanova go with five guards? Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't, I don't look at them being thin if somebody gets dinged in the four and five. I see guys that are coming off the bench that are going to score the basketball, and I see guys coming off the bench that are going to defend the basketball. And so that's kind of what I look at. And you know, yeah, they don't have that true five. They don't. You know, they don't have a guy that's going to plug up the middle like Shemek Karnowski could or that big body like Kelly Olenek, but they have guys that can flat out score the basketball. And I think by the time they get to March, uh, you know, what I saw from Dominic Harris, like that guy came in with immense energy on both ends of the floor. I, I don't know. It's high. But, <clears throat> look, they've been in the NCAA tournament how many years in a row now? They've won like 18 out of the last 19 West Coast Conference championships. So. When I come into the season all peacocked up and excited about where Gonzaga is, generally it's worked out, gentlemen. They get to the NCAA tournament, and, you know, it's been a long time since they haven't got past the first or second round. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think we should be excited about this team. Preseason yeah. number one, I don't know. They're going to play Kansas. They're going to play Auburn. 
Uh, they're going to play Baylor right away. I don't think regardless of what happens in those three games that you can necessarily make an assessment of how good this team is going to be in March. Because as Richard says, it is young. It's going to develop. But what I know for sure, they're going to score the heck out of the basketball. Yeah, the score is one thing that is uh, going to come pretty easily for this team from what I can tell. Chauncey, you work a lot of games for the Pac-12 networks as well. When you see Gonzaga and you see a lot of Pac-12 teams, people are always asking, can Gonzaga, would they win the Pac-12? What's your take? I always hate that question because it, if you put them in there, then obviously you're going to get te- players who were normally, hey, I want to stay in this Pac-12 school. You're going to get them to, I'm going to go to Gonzaga now because there's, what they have now transcends conference. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it would be okay. You can it's it's a Cinderella season, but we're past that. This is an elite program, and that's not just saying that from working it because I get that sometimes working some Pac-12. They hate like, oh man, are they gonna play tough game against Pepperdine coming up? And I'm like, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't want that, especially now. They don't want that smoke with this Zags group. Like it's 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 baffling to me that people still try to use that argument like they wouldn't come in like you got four players this year that was announced today you know what i mean player of the year candidates four on one squad. this ain't we're not talking about Duke or kentucky or the normal blue bloods you got four right from this squad that you better keep an eye on and i think with the compliments that that are going to help Corey, right with, with with people who have criticism of Corey, well you got people in there who can take some of the pressure off when you talk about Harris, like oh who's he going to guard when you got people in, that can rotate in um, this stuff transcends, and they can match up against anybody. And that 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 whole argument is over now, especially with like what they do in the preseason. If they could, they would play all these just these teams, right? If they could schedule that, but you know what I mean. It, they got to do what they got to do, and we'll play anybody anywhere type mentality that they do. That's that's proof. And then when you get down to March, they show it. Man, I love hearing all these uh, opinions by well-placed sources here on the Bulldog broadcast. You know, my take on this Gonzaga team is, is similar to, to, to Greg in the fact that I think they've got six really good guards. I, I also agree with the other guys, Chauncey and, and Richard, to a certain extent, is like how good are the bigs and can they, can they really kind of fill some of those holes? Uh, and that's to be determined. I mean, Ballo, I don't know if he's quite ready yet. Pavel, I didn't see enough of from him at the scrimmage to really say, yeah, that's my guy. Uh, and I think a lot is going to fall on, quite frankly, Anton Watson's shoulders because he's versatile. He can play at the four. Maybe at times you can put him at the three. If his jump shot has improved the way that everybody is, has mentioned it has. But, you know, again – Everybody says that until the, the, the season starts and the games start uh, coming fast and, and furious. But I think the biggest thing would be for me is how they handle this early stretch of games. And do these young freshmen who are going to be thrown into the fire, are they going to be up to the challenge early? Because Kansas is good. I mean, I think they're, I want to say preseason seven or eight. Six. six. There you go. Producer Johnson, he's got the information ready to go for us. They're six. You've got Baylor, who's obviously two, number one in the coaches' poll. Um, and then you've got Tennessee, who's very good, and Iowa, uh, who has probably the preseason favorite for player of the year in Luke Garza. So I, I think the freshmen are going to learn awfully quickly 
if they're ready to go. And Coach Few is going to learn awfully quickly. And we've all seen this has happened many times before. Oh, this team is so deep. They can go 9, 10, 11 deep. Well, what happens? Come January, what are you playing? Seven, eight yeah. guys sometimes. And it's going to be interesting to see if that's the case this year because we all said this the other day during the scrimmage. Uh, I don't know if it was on air or not that, hey, this team could be the deepest team that they've had, maybe contending with the, the Final Four team uh, in 17. So uh, that, kind of that's my outlook. If, if you look at the schedule, though, is there one game that you really are looking forward to? Uh, really quickly, I guess we'll start with Chauncey, Richard, and then Greg. The first one that we're doing, because we're doing the, the, the first game off of those four, right? We, I can't wait to sit there because we'll – I think what Heister said, everybody – there's truth to every single element, right? There are going to be some growing pains, especially early on. People haven't played basketball, you know, over – sometimes we're getting close to a year now. I mean, nine months, okay? So there are going to be some ups and downs in those first four games. But I think what I say for us to be excited, because we'll know something. Somebody's going to stand out and that someone's going to elevate and there'll be some signs that we'll be able to, okay, so we can pinpoint this. We know, we know a few things about this team. We'll be surprised by somebody. But like you say, once it starts getting a little bit later, um, rotation's going to happen. You can't, I don't know. I'm not going to say you can't. It's tough to play nine, ten guys, right? And Foxy just got angelic, so his answer is going to be on point. <laughs> you, know the, you know the great part about that? He said the first game that we do. So that shows you that, that Chauncey likes working with us. I think it's Tarleton State, a new yep. Division One team out of Texas. So we'll see how that one goes. Let's be up. Greg, how about you? Well, you know, I think every game that they get to play because of COVID is going to be exciting. Um, Great point. But, 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 but I'm, I'm interested to watch those first three games. I mean, I don't know how you can't be – Fired up for that. And, you know, give this staff credit. You know, they know how young this team is. But they're throwing them out against the best that college basketball has to offer in the first couple of games of the season. And, and so I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the, what the schedule is. And so, you know, look, as these weeks go on, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of living one day at a time myself with all of this stuff. So I think every game that they get to play, I'm going to be excited and grateful for. I mean, the fact that we get to sit down and watch Gonzaga play on Thanksgiving Day uh, against a, a team and a program like Kansas, I mean, how great is that going to be? And, Dan, to follow up on your point, Anton Watson, they don't need Anton Watson to score. They need him to defend and to rebound. And he can certainly do that. And he's a big physical body. If he stays healthy, I got all the confidence in the world in that dude. Love it, Greg. Your uh, your energy was very positive there. No, I, I, I really do. I, I, I love it as far as we're not going to play any games yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Hey, look, it's it's the way things are going out there, and and uh, you know, we just you just don't know. So every game, every day that goes by, where I get to leave the house, will be a good one. <laughs> Richard, please bring this back to uh, normalcy for the conversation. That is my role. Um, it is. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm looking forward to the Baylor game because that's about, I think, 10 days from when they play Kansas. So that gives this young group, you know, I think, what they got Auburn and Tennessee, all three are going to be challenging games. But that also lets this, you know, we all know this. Once you start playing games 
from a coaching perspective, it's a lot more meaningful to actually put on the tape against somebody else, you know, and drive home that point. Hey, we've been telling you X for the last six to eight weeks. You haven't believed us. Well, you, you know, here, here's more points given up by you by not doing whatever it might be. Um, so how does, you know, what does this team look like when the staff's got, you know, three games under their belts in 10 days to, to kind of get this team moving in the right direction? I mean, I'm less interested because Baylor's, you know, ranked two in the country. But that's going to be great. But, you know, to Greg's point earlier, you know, the upside on this team is undeniable. You know, how quickly do we start seeing some of that improvement and that progression? You know, you've got some big tests up front and real opportunities to get better in a hurry. So, you know, that Baylor game to me stands out for sure. Well, guys, we got we got uh, time for one more question before we wrap this up. And I know for sure that I'm going to have the three of you guys on. We're going to do this again sometime. Probably every mid-season. week. Let's do it every week. <laughs> I would do it every week for sure. Uh, <laughs> But that's what our games are for with KHQ. We can't throw out all the good stuff, our, yeah. our good insight now. <laughs> I want you to build a three-on-three team of Ooh. Gonzaga players starting from the Elite Eight run and on. I've got Whoa. my three here. Oh, I've got my three here. I'm going to go first. I'll be really quickly with my explanation of who I put on the team and why. And then we'll go Greg – Chauncey and wrap it up with Richard. So I'm going to well, take actually, three. Actually, actually, let me go t- second because my son just notified me he's got to take a deuce. So I'm going to have to get up and help him out before. So I'll go right, well, second. Hey, hey, let's and do then this. I'll come back. And okay. then I'll come back. You want to go first, Richard? No, no, I want to hear your list. And then I'll All right. Go. So if we're playing a Gonzaga three on three game right now, I'm going to take Domus for his toughness, his rebounding, his defense, his ability to score in the rim, at the rim, but also now out. I'm going to take Mo for his competitiveness and ability that he can shoot the lights out. And I'm going to take Richie Fromm because if you collapse on either one of those, it's lights out from deep. So let's go Richard number, number two. Number two, no pun intended. Uh, I got any Mo's on, on anybody's team. You can need a guy to get your buckets. Um, I think I'd go Nigel, you know, big guard, can do a little bit of everything. And I mean, obviously, I haven't thought this through, but you know, the name that came to my mind was Elias Harris. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm thinking more of a younger Elias, that freshman. Freshman Elias Harris. Super athletic. You know, he was super versatile, could play above the rim. You know, before he got, you know, just after he got some injuries and got a little bit bigger, he wasn't quite the athlete he was. Uh, you know, those three would be an absolute nightmare to guard in a three on three setting. I don't know why Elias came to mind. I mean, one of the best players we've had that no one talks about and one of the best careers certainly but yeah that's my three i win the game greg let's go you so i'm gonna put mo bc and zach collins because mo's gonna nice. score from anywhere bc's gonna uh, you can you can put him out and guard 30 feet away from the basket and collins is gonna guard the rim game set and match gentlemen no better three-on-three team in gonzaga history than that <laughs> <laughs> I love your confidence. Yes. How about you? Mo, BC, and Zach. Well, you know I got crazy love for Mo, so I, I got I to go with Mo. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit. Now that I know your guys' squad, give me Chi-Town. Give me Jeremy Pargo because nobody you got on your team can guard him. So he's going to just blow by you guys all day. So you got help at the rim. Okay, so now we're going to kick it out, especially what I'm seeing with BC now. 
I agree because BC can switch, right? I think BC would have to guard the other Mo. But give me BC, Chi-Town, and Mo. Whoa. See, I don't think Pargo gets the rim with Zach Collins or BC. I think they both. Yeah, he'll dunk, he'll his, dunk, he'll they, dunk on him. No, wait, he's, Greg, he's bringing Greg, it to him. They'll pin that on the backboard. Come on, Greg, bro, stop Greg, it. Greg, did you have BC too? Yeah, I had more yeah. BC and Collins. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel bad, Elias. You just got, uh, you got traded. Yeah, BC's probably, I'd, I'd be my third one too. He, no, no, you can't bro. do that, bro. That's, that's, oh, we that can't? Is, oh, okay. Definitely not how to oh, okay. do that. Okay. Well, I, I think yeah. any of those four teams, you can't go wrong. There's been so many good players out of this program. I think the next time we get the four of us together on this same uh, podcast conversation, I'm going to throw a similar but slightly different question for you. And I'm going to come with a certain attributes uh that that are special for different players and have you guys fill in the blanks but um you know the one common thread in all those teams though was mo i mean mo yeah. legendary score uh but you also throw his competitiveness on it i, I yeah. don't think he would lose in a three-on-three -three game or if he was about to lose he's gonna do something the official he's gonna he, kick the no ball he, he would ask for a recount let's be honest he would ask for a recount <laughs> I want a recount. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was going to go there today. I'm we just, knew that. <laughs> I'm just impressed, Dan, that you didn't put yourself on there. You were you a great have a big ego, Greg? 40 feet away. Like, you would be deadly in a three-on-three. -three. Yeah, I wanted to – honestly, I was putting you guys up to the test to see if you if any of you guys yeah. would choose me. Greg, you, you know. You might be my wild card. It would be you or Mo, like, for the, the guy that's got to score the bucket, it would be you. Well, or that's what I'm saying. I would have done that too, but it's just a matter of who would you guard from any of those other three teams would uh, yeah, be my I, issue. Yeah, I 100% agree. I couldn't with, guard anybody. But with BC and Zach, you don't have to worry about that. Dan doesn't need to guard. Neither does Mo. On three-on-three? Oh, three? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I had to leave myself out of the equation, so – well, guys, we're going to wrap up for now. We appreciate – I appreciate you guys joining. It's been a ton of fun, and we will do this again sometime. I can't wait to see you guys in person again for Chauncey's game he's looking forward to. Yeah. Hey, hey, we got hey. we got Kansas. We got Baylor. We got Tennessee. Nope. We got Auburn. Give me Tarleton State. Hey, you, you, you literally could have offered me a, a million – you could have offered me a million dollars if I would have guessed that right. I would not have been able to guess that. that yeah, was I don't think anybody would. <laughs> I mean yeah. – All right. Thanks again, fellas. Take care. All right. See you soon. See you guys. All right, gentlemen. Soon.